everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Vest Evil podcast. It's been a while since we've done this. We we had a little a little break. Life gets in the way, all that sort of stuff. Um, but we are back. I am joined as always by Mella. I am I am here also. Um, it is as we are recording this. It is Christmas Eve. It is a lovely day, but it will deceive you, people. It will deceive you because it's very cold. And the walk to the lab was a very cold one, very unsettling one. But we're back, and we're here to discuss a lot of things. And yes, I hope you all enjoy this little addition. I mean, you mentioned how cold it was very cold for me just to get between the two rooms. I mean, oh, I've had such a long journey to get oh, here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I can see the shivers. I can see the shivers, yes. I think I might be sweating a bit. <laughs> oh, I wish I was sweating. I've got, I've, got, I've got sweats that were not caused by heat. But, yes, people, we are back to discuss football and its glory. It is, and we, because we've not been doing this for quite a few weeks, it's going to be a bit of a longer one than normal. Um, call it a Christmas Eve special, if you like. We're going to talk about a load of things. We're not going to, we, sometimes we like to say, wait, an hour, hour and a half, that's enough. Um, we're not going to do that this time. Um, we're going to keep rambling until we basically run out of stuff to talk about, to be honest. Yes. Um, and I'm looking forward to it, Miller. Yes, this, this will be a challenge. This will be a stretches. Get ready for this occasion. Yes. Indeed. I mean, before we get into things, the biggest talking point at the moment is football matches getting postponed. You know, things are starting to get, you know, getting a bit hectic again. Um, you know, this new Omicron variant is um, affecting us all again. Um, but we're both from Scotland, um, and a big decision that was made um, the last couple of days is that all Scottish football clubs will now play their games behind closed doors again yes um now for fans that's a nightmare but for the clubs it's worse because when it's like if if say if you're from england to, to make you understand how bad this is right about 80 percent of the scottish premiership clubs probably make just about what league two and league one teams would make yes is yeah. that fair to say so if you take that gate revenue from them they've got nothing to help they've got nothing to stand on at all and there's clubs that are really panicking at the moment Let's just um, make this a bit easier for you to understand of how low money teams like St Mirren, Ross County make. See, for winning the league in Scotland, you're lucky to make it with 3-4 mil. That's been generous. Now, think think of how much money um, teams in the Prem that get relegated make. They make almost 100 mil. The teams that get promoted to the Premiership make around that as well. And then you look at... A, you know, Rangers of Celtic who win the league, the, the who are the champions of their league, uh, only make three mil. You know that that's why your know, Rangers of Celtic rely so much on Europe yeah. to not only, you know, get money for signings in, to also function on a daily basis, and you know that that's it's poverty, in a sense, and you know big clubs like Rangers of Celtic is starting to rely, but then think about that. We we need to rely on that to survive. These small teams. You know they rely on weekly basis to meet, you know all all their bills and everything. So you know, and many clubs did go bust. You know that's why teams in the low leagues of England went bust. You know they get deducted points and everything, and, then, and a lot of teams run run the bad now. And this is just going to make it worse if it goes on for because we don't know how long it's going to go for because last lock, last uh, lockdown from 
years gone by they went oh it's only gonna be a couple of months but then where are we now people you know it's a couple of years more than a couple of years down the line so how are we supposed to know it's gonna be a short term thing it, 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 it could go on to the next season I mean, the thing is with these clubs as well is that I think us as football fans forget how much... It's not just about transfers, is it? It's about, you know, the running costs of the club. It's about, you know, hiring the stands, the stewards, um, all the kitchen stuff, and all these sort of things, even the bus driver and all that. And for little clubs, when they don't aren't making as much money, that hurts them. And, they, and when they stop being able to do that, it, it, it comes away from a football issue. It comes to people's lives getting really affected by it. And of course, we understand why these decisions have to be made. They're very hard decisions, and I don't envy the decision that Nicholas Surgeon had to make. I don't envy that at all. But I just feel for the club so much. I really do. Yeah. But, um, I mean, in England, though, um, they're still carrying on by the looks of things. Um, we, I get today another... Another Premier League game, Boxing Day, has been cancelled. Everton-Burnley isn't going to go ahead now. Yeah. Um, and whatnot, so... Um, I'm starting to think in recent... Uh, the last week or so, last few days, I'm thinking the managers are caring more about the safety of the team and the players than the league itself. I think, you know, because you see in the Chelsea game, for example, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a quarter-final of the Cup. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for a trophy. And Tuchel decided... I don't want to risk any players. You know, the main, main, main staple of the players. So I am going to put in either players that are just back from injury and youth. That was the most useful Chelsea team I have seen in a while. We had Vale playing. He's a striker. He's about 17 with him playing. Mm-hmm. We had a couple players I didn't even know. That's how bad it is. There was a 16, 17-year-old who didn't even know. You know, I try to follow their carry as much as I can, but you know, those players I don't even know. I'm like, who is this? And they rose to the occasion... And, you know, a lot of other teams are doing the same because they don't want to rest their players. And But I think now what Nicola Sturgeon's doing is she's doing, she's going ahead before Boris does it. So she's trying to go, right, we're doing this now, do it before they do it. Obviously, she's trying to do it in a better way. But also, she's like, if they're not going to do it, we're going to do it. And it's, it's all about... I mean, if we, if, if we bring it back to the Premier League, right... How is it fair that you postpone three, four games for certain teams and then the other teams who are also being affected but might have that one extra player that means that this, you know, these guidelines that apparently are in yes. place now have to play on? I mean, I, I don't see how that's fair. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll put, I'll put the, obviously to my team, uh, our postponement got rejected. Uh, Obviously, the result... Maybe was that because of how late though you submitted a, a Possi- thing? Possibly. But the re- we didn't get the result we wanted. That That's on us. But I think we, we've been hit by injuries in the last few weeks. And, and it's... Obviously, we've got a good squad with, with the injuries. We should be doing better. But we've been hit by injuries. And I think now we're like, right, we need, we need to try to save our points. If, if we keep playing with a... De- we're not a depleted squad, but with a squad that's not the jail squad... Then we're gonna keep drawing points, gonna fit a title challenge, and then we may we may submit it too late. But I think they could have just gave us the benefit of the doubt and just went right. These teams are these teams are getting the benefits of the postponement. Then you should as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm against the idea that I, I understand why 
a particularly level clubs, for example, right, who have not got big squads, yeah. are kind of getting really annoyed because, like, so also you know Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, United, all these you know top teams um, complaining at the moment, and and under, and I understand that because they probably think it's because they're missing two of their star players, that sort of thing. They you know they want to play their full team, and it's not fair that just because of the, it's those two that it should postpone games. I, and, and I do get that. I, I do understand that. But you've got to understand that having to field these weaker teams is affecting how we're going to finish in the, in the season. Mm-hmm. We're going for the biggest honours right now. And I texted you, right? There's only one team equipped this season to cope with this COVID, with what's oh, going on at the moment. Oh, yes. And it's Manchester City. Because and, they've bought yes. so well throughout the years. So they've got about two or three players in each position. And I do want credit City for that because they have bought very, very well when you actually look at what they've done. I think the only chance that I can think of, I generally do not agree with still, is Jack Grealish. I, no, no, 100 mil, no, no. but that, that's going on another tangent and whatnot. Yes. You know, you t- for Liverpool, we've got, I don't know, we've had Virgil van Dijk out, Fabinho out, um, and a couple, I mean, Fields depleted, we lost Thiago and Henderson on the day of the Spurs game and whatnot. And that's unfortunate. And I do get that, right? And it isn't the fact that they're missing for that one game that's the problem. It's how many. It's it's the fact that then you've got to play three games in a week, so you you've then so those players that you've had to rotate with, you've got to have them play for three games in a row. They'll be tired also. Exactly. So then who do who do you rotate them with then? That that's where the problem comes from, and that's what Jurgen is I think trying to get across. And I've had a lot of people whinging to me about Klopp and stuff like that, but that's the part that I don't people are understanding is that he's not whinging because of that game. If this was happening in September and October. He would be whinging, of course he would, because it's going to be affecting his team. But it's different. You know, two games in a week, you know, Champions League, all that sort of stuff. You, you you get over that. But this Christmas period is so congested. It's unbelievable. Yes. You're asking players to play games every two days, and when you rotate players, you're asking players who have not played regular football all season. So more than likely, if they're going to play ninety minute games, they're going to pick up injuries. Yes. And whatnot, and that's the issue here. And that, and that, and these injuries could end up finishing their season and whatnot. And you know, that's when you talk about player welfare. That's what we're talking about here. Um, so it is really, really frustrating. And of course, I, I don't want the football season to stop. I love the football season. My birthday's Boxing Day, and I love it. Boxing Day football. You know, a lot of people are against it, and I completely get that. But I love on my birthday. To, you know that's what I do. I all day I watch the football. You know if I'm in Liverpool, I go to the. Fo- I I'm lucky enough to go to the games and whatnot, sort of thing, and it's brilliant for me. But then you go play two days later, and then another two days after that, it's bonkers. And this thing of it's English tradition. Yeah, I can leave it alone. I hate that word tradition. You know, yeah. I really really hate it because tradition is. I think of just keeping things as it is, no matter if they aren't working. Oh, we've always done it. Things evolve. They always do. You know, in jobs, the way we do things, humans, it always evolves. And there's no reason why this, the way we do winter football in England, can't be changed. Yes. There's for me that there's no way. And here's one way to fix it: the League Cup semi-final. Make that one game. There you go. You've got a one. That there's one free space where you could put a, a Premier League game in. Yeah. So instead of playing three games during that week, you can make it two. So it means you can play on the 26th, play on the 30th, there you go, three or four day gap. Yes. And whatnot. So, but, yeah, hey, I'm unfortunately not part of the, the decision-making process on, on that one, yeah. Miller. I think fighting for 
these things to remain based on, on tradition is insanity because you know it doesn't matter if it's tradition right because things change all the time right like all these new things we have now there was things before it that were tradition or the thing of that time things evolve things adapt right before the iphone people there was nokia's now Ugh. You don't really see Nokia's, we've all had, we've all had a Nokia. I forgot about the Blackberries. Oh, the Blackberries, oh. yes. Yes. But, and before them, they were bricks. And before them, Alexander Graham Bell came along and made the phone. And then you had tin cans with a piece of string attached. Yes, and then before that, <laughs> you had nothing. I don't think, I, I think tradition is what is based at the time. Things evolve. But the thing that is tradition is the football clubs their tradition because they remain and they are constant well most are constant but they're constant so leagues people how about instead of trying to save a tradition based on a day how about you try and benefit the tradition of your teams that fill those days instead of trying to ruin our seasons by making our players all tired playing youth that have never played a league game in our cup game in their lives and let's all try and benefit each other through this tough time. That's the thing. Every team will benefit from it. Every team. Okay, they might say the stronger teams will be stronger because they're more than likely to have their stronger teams. But they're bigger. They're bigger clubs. Of course, they're gonna have better teams and whatnot. But I do understand the lower league perspective. I really do. But unfortunately, I don't support a team down that, that part of the league. So I'm my. I'm not gonna think like that. Unfortunately, but I do understand that at all. And I'm not coming on here to completely say that you're completely wrong because you're not at all i completely get it but this covid thing it's just absolutely crazy i'm over just it. just just get just cancel them all if you're going to cancel a few get cancel them all yeah let's have it as a level playing field all right yeah you might have to delay the season you might have to play an extra week or two at the end and yeah that is a pain in the backside but it is what it is I may mean, keep it fair and right now i don't think it's very fair to be honest have we got an international tournament next year uh, Qatar in November? Yes. So, obviously, these fools are not going to... I, I think they can't delay the season. And AFCON in January as well. Yeah, because then you've got the tournament in Qatar, and then if, if they delay the season, they're like, mm. but what would they rather do? Cancel the season or delay the season? It's really hard to do, it's really really hard to think of the season. I I do get that, and I'm not. But I just think if we'd a month or two ago just gone right, okay, we'll make this league cup one thing, and we'll just put that extra fixture in there instead. That when they would have played that second semi final, we'll put it in there. All right, yeah, you might be asking them to play three days again just after one fixture, but it's still better than playing three. You know what I mean? Yes. I but listen, there's there's so many ways you could do it and whatnot and. We've been doing it for so many years and whatnot, and obviously COVID is a big factor in why we're sort of highlighting this as much now. We've been doing this for over a hundred years. It's stupid, you know, playing at Christmas sort of, you know, to, to New Year. Because to be fair, you know, it's it's a it's festivity for the for the fans, and this is the best opportunity that some fans get, i.e. myself, to go and usually watch my team when I don't live in that area. And I do yeah. get that, but I think it's time we need to think about player welfare. I really do. They're also using it as the old the old tradition of you know like the 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 war stopped and all the guys went and played football. You know the German army and the British army they all went and played football and everything. And they're, they're looking at that and going, oh well, come on, you know that, that's you know people go. And look at that, and it kind of gives them a wholesome feeling. But 
at this time and this unique time in life, COVID striking, the season's getting hit. Let's just pause on it for now. There's bigger things going on just now, and there's bigger things than football going on. So let's not try and fuck it up as much as it is now. Because I don't know how we can do that, because it's a bit of a mess, and I don't think they, they prepared. I think in the Football Association's eyes, they assumed that COVID was done. And now we've been hit by this new variant. Well, I don't know the extent of it. I just know there's bad vibes going on. And now they don't know how to deal with it. They're unprepared, and they're just trying to paper over their mistakes as much as they can. I mean, it's, it's frustrating because we... I, I kind of feel for the, the people who have to make these decisions because we we've all we've eventually gonna get to a point where we're gonna be able to just power through and we're gonna be able to get over this. But unfortunately, after four or five months where it looks sound, we go back into this. You know, something else pops up and whatnot, and you can never predict for that. But yeah, it's just really frustrating. But anyway, this is this is not that's our sort of COVID rant over with. Um, shall we talk about the football? Yes. Um, because you're sitting there with your very, very nice um, blue and black striped shirt, I've just with a little bit of sh- a, a, a rubbish uh, um, crest on the left-hand side of it. So but it's a nice crest, everyone. So it is a Chelsea crest, uh, of course, guys. Um, nice crest. It's not been a great couple of weeks for Chelsea. And I've been... It's fairly years. I've been desperate to get a pod going because... We the last couple of pods before we took our break, Liverpool were struggling just a little bit, and what even City and whatnot, and you guys were, were flying. And it was as if as soon as we stopped doing the pod, Chelsea dropped the ball completely. It was as if it was fate, people. Whenever we were going to a pod and we were like, "Oh, we can't do it," I was going, "It's fate." The world does not want to hear my rants. They don't want to hear my my venomous voice speak. Yeah. And you know. You probably won't get it because at the time, yes, I was raging. But now I'm kind of like, I've calmed down and, and all that. But yes, it has not been a good couple to few weeks, which has felt like a good few years for Chelsea. There's been many reasons. But the big reason, and I'll admit it, people, I, I, I will not blame COVID and such. We have just been off the ball recently. Off the ball. And on all forms. Uh, we're we're well, it, let's well let's 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 go back a little bit, shall we, Miller? Right. So I'll have a guess when we last done a pod. I think it was when you beat Leicester three 0 I'll have a guess. At. We we last uh, our form has dipped since the Man U game. Uh, so that's what I was going to start with. So that's when it started. You know, United obviously they brought the Ollie was sacked. Carrick was brought in as a Carrick you know, started caretaker. this. Carrick started this <laughs> shit. Carrick, Michael Carrick. Poor he started this. He's ruined our season. Um, he was only in the job for a week. And I think it was when we talk about you know when Liverpool and City obviously the last couple of years have dominated the, the title race if you like. Yeah. And you always say we all you know you could say that um, so when Liverpool first won the league, um, the big time was when Norwich beat City. Yeah. And then you could argue the season after we you know lost it if you like. Um, was um, when our home form started dipping and teams felt they could get at us at home. Yeah. It kind of felt like this United game is where it started for you. Yes. Because you missed quite a lot of chances, to be fair. Yeah. But the United, they held their own. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you beat Watford after that. But I don't think, if I remember that game, I did watch it a little bit, 
you didn't have the best game that day no, either, no. to be honest. I think, I think we've actually not done bad in any of the games. We've just been so bad with our chances. Like, I've watched them and I'm going, how have we not scored a couple? How is this possible? Well, your defensive, that solid defensive work is yeah. just completely gone. It keeps getting hit. You know, one or, one or two keep getting injured. Mm-hmm. And, like, Christensen's out. Chilwell was a bad then, one. Then, Ch- see, as soon as Chilwell went out, that's when our form started yeah. dipping. And I think when he comes back, we'll start to see it. I think after the new year, we'll start to see a more vibrant Chelsea. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, and then we can kick on and try to get back in this title race. I mean, was the West Ham result the worst? I wasn't mad about the result. It was... It, I wasn't the worst. No, I actually think, if we look back, I actually think the Wolves and Everton ones were the worst. Um, the West Ham one, I respected because we played well, but West Ham played better. I mean... That cross, I mean, that's ridiculous. That was a it? game where both teams played well, but West Ham played better. We could have took our chances more, but West Ham uh, took their chances better. They deserved the win. I, 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 I would argue that I actually think you should have won that, particularly in the first half. First half, we, we were I excellent. think when we went, Liverpool went to play West Ham, West Ham were the better team. We just had a couple moments which kept us in the game, obviously, yeah. and also had a horrendous day that, you know, in that game and whatnot. But I actually think you... That was the game that I think West Ham probably deserved to win, to be honest, if you actually looked at it. Mm. But, you know, that's, you know. But they endured it and they, and they, and they done what we should have done. So I can't really play much. And then the week after that, you ground, you got that 3-2 win against Leeds. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that was a messy, messy affair. That, that's when you care of when we're still not at it because we're, we're just managing the script. Leeds are a good team. Rudiger even came out and said yesterday that he likes... He doesn't like playing against Leeds because they're so compact, they're, they're so on, mm. they're so on it, like they'll push, they'll push, they'll push. And we'll talk about Leeds a lot more later on because I'm quite concerned about them, but we'll we'll, we'll pass, pass on to that. But this... These... This is when the Covid problem started, in yes, fairness. Yes, yes. But the Everton game, I watched the Everton and the Wolves game because I was off work for like 10 days, so I managed to get these two in, which, I, which for people, I have been off and then I was met with this shit but the Everton Chelsea the Everton Chelsea game was the worst for me simply because we got the goal and we should have scored at least three in the first half it was diabolical Mason Mason Mount was, Mason Mount made unwell but he just kept hitting too, too, too shy and I was like oh my god what we should be we should be at least three goals in the first half there's then, no way Everton equalised though with that stats I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. They hit, they hit a cross in. The defenders completely just left it. They, they're assuming that it's just going to go to nothing. Their young guy sticks his leg out, points his leg out. Young youth is his, his debut. Yep. Lifts his leg out and gets the goal. Jared Brown and point. Gr- he, he was on at the full game, that boy. He, he, he had a great show for his debut. That so. was a typical Benitez performance, that. Go to a big team. Yeah, they might go one up and then you neck a draw. Such a typical we Benitez performance. We played amazing first half, and then the second half, we, we started off bit. We started off the the second half well. Then about the sixtieth minute, last thirty, Everton were on it, but they went on it to an extent where I thought they were going to score. They just it just kept us out. They were they were doing their, they were just looking like they were going to do something. Yeah, but like they held the ball in, in like the center quite well, and then they went and got their goal. And then we played better once the equaliser happened. I was like, for God's sake, this is tough goals. We're trying to sneak in last minute. And then we couldn't. And, and then the last Prem game that you've played, though, that's the 
That one's a concern because that you created nothing. This one was boring. I call this this game the a waste of my day off because mm. I was watching it, and as you'll see, there was two yellow cards there, and that was the intre- the only inter- interesting parts of that game. Well, Wolves did score, but it was um, offside, and it was right. I mean, I've had uh, people... I swallowed my heart <laughs> when that going in because I was like, oh my god, we're falling apart, and. Still, I'm I'm still treating it as a loss because it's, it's two points lost, and you know, at, at at this stage, Christmas period, you need to get all the points. You was can. was Kante lucky to be on the pitch still? Kante shouldn't have been on the pitch because that's a clear. It's it's thrown goal, pans out, blocks it. It's a red card. Yes, I don't, I don't know what happened there. It, he was completely wrong. But the worst thing is, despite that, he was one of our best players that day. Doesn't surprise me. And he's and he's been he's, he's been rushed back. Him and Kovacic get rushed back yep. from injuries, yep. which you shouldn't be doing because they 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 both get injury history. And you know once they are fully fit, they're the one of our they're two of our best players. Have, have, is there a concern at Chelsea that your midfield is not the depth isn't you've got a lot of midfielders, but is the quality just not there at the we, moment we, depth wise? Because you've could, got yes. you could argue you've got Ross Barkley, Loftus Cheek, two players that should not be. Anywhere near Chelsea's team, no. but then you've got Conor Gallagher who's on loan at Palace, who's yes. from Muse. When, yeah. Why, why are you loaning him out to another London club when he could easily do a job for Muse? You can even argue Billy Gilmore could even do a better job. Get those two off yeah. the books, bring them two back from on loan. See, Surely they're see, stronger then. The problem is we can't bring Gallagher back because he's played a certain amount of games. So Palace have now got him for the end of the season. So. If if I if if that if those rules went in place and I had my way, I'd bring both of them back. Loftus Loftus He's it I think he's had enough. He started he's off had a long enough. He started off well and you're kinda of going on oh, Loftus is back. But now he's starting to show his old self. I, I feel sorry for him because he, he Unfortunately it's what happens when you're at a big club and you don't play. But it, yeah, but now we can't blame it with injuries now because he's had a decent amount of running. Hmm. He's had a decent amount of minutes. And he's not shown why he should be starting. Yeah, so, I think and, he needs to go. And Barkley is just Ross Barkley, so you know his le- his level is mid table. Yeah. So get both of them in the summer off the books. I may be being harsh, but Loftus, but he's not shown me much, especially in these dire times. Especially when you when your home midfield's fractured. This the time where you go right. It's a shame that some players were out COVID injuries, but now I need to get the finger out and I need to take this by the scruff of the neck and prove why. Um, I was brought in in this situation, and he's not done that. So, you know, it's all it's all well playing well when you're coming off the bench and replacing the star players. But see, when you're asked to, when you're called upon to start, you need play you need play better, and he's not done that. So, yeah. Fair enough. That's where Chelsea are at at the moment. Yes, that's where Chelsea are at, boys. Uh, your game has still got on on Boxing Day, isn't it? Or has it been cancelled now? I don't know if it's been cancelled. I'm, 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 I'm waiting on. I'm waiting patiently. I don't know if it has been cancelled. Let's have a little look. We'll have a wee look and see. I think all the games actually have been... Oh, no, here we go. Um, no, you're still playing Villa. Still playing Villa. Um, but Villa are a bit, a bit of a mess at the moment with problems I'll be, I'll, and be, I'll be working for that. Maybe because I'm working, maybe they might actually win. You know, Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the thing. I'll probably put it on my phone Yeah. and you know, have, a little, have a little gander. Fair enough. So... Should we move on from Chelsea? Yes. Um, should we talk about my boys? Let's, let's talk about Liverpool. Let's do it. Should we talk about Liverpool? Because um, 
you know, I think things are going quite well. Yes, it's going better than when we last did our podcast. That, that's that's the thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, we topped our Champions League group. We got six wins, which I still he, can't he his, a historic landmark. I can't believe he's done it, but a historic landmark. It was the the first English team to do such a feat. I mean, it's it's good because those last two games we rotated quite a bit um, and players like Divock Origi, Minamino, all these sort of players, even Oxford Chamberlain, you could say, have really come into their own. Yes. You know, they, they, you know, you talk, we talk about like Loftus Cheek and stuff who come off the bench and stuff and doesn't play a lot. And But for Liverpool, it's weird because Klopp seems to want to motivate these players still. So when they do come on, they, they absolutely shine. And I'll tell you something, he's not playing Chamberlain right now. Probably one of our best Great. midfielders at the moment. He's really, yes. I mean, he's, he's, he's seems always, to have toughened he's himself up. Yeah. He's, 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 um, he's gone a bit quicker on the ball and whatnot. And he's shown some proper quality. And do you know what? I don't think you take him out of the team at the moment. Even That's if you good. have everyone. Um, obviously, you know, you can rotate and stuff like that. But um, our midfield's looking pretty good if we had everybody um, available. Because um, that that's what well, I was saying. That's what Loftus and, and Barclay should have done. They should obviously they're not they're not to the level of Oxford Chamberlain, obviously, but they should have went. This is our chance, and you know Oxford Chamberlain, great player, um, and now he is showing he's now doing what every professional footballer should be doing in these situations. I need to prove why I should be playing regularly. And he's got the chance, and he's doing well. I've always rated Oxlade. I'm a big fan of Oxlade when he was at Arsenal, and now when he's at Liverpool. Well, he's had to. Well, he's had to show a lot of character because the uh, myself, I said in the first podcast, he needs to get Ox out because I think he's quite. He might be done now. Might be done. He's he's also not a young guy that's you know, that's not trying to fade away. He's not. He's a senior player. He's he is a, a senior player. I think you do forget that sometimes how important having players like that is. He's been there through everything. He, you know, he was there for the Champions League game, finals. He was there for the title and all that, and that's vital experience. He's, he's a player that boys like Jones and that are going to look, look up to also. Like he's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a senior. He's yeah. a senior player. You know, He may not be starting every week, but he's a guy that's been there, done that. Well, he is starting every week at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's, been at big, he's been at other big clubs, and he's, he's won trophies. You know, he's, he's won other trophies you, you could hardly win. And yet, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be one of Klopp's generals right now. He's going he's gonna to look at him and go, right, let's kick on. You know, I need you to st- step up, yeah, ten steps more, mm-hmm. and and kick on. And you know, that that's when you see a quality of a player who's able to actually go and kick on a gear than what he's used to. And yeah, that that's why you. I've said before that you have the best squad at the end of the day. And you know, it's well, starting eleven. Start eleven, but you know, yeah. Then without when that diminishes, and still. Well, we've had we've had a top December so far. We beat Everton four one. That was that was a great game. That was amazing to see all the Evertonians so miserable. Martin Salah was phenomenal that game. The Wolves game, similar to you guys, was quite thingy, but we were creating chances and stuff. Divock Origi at the end, what a man! Thank what Divo. a man! Thank Divock. How many times is this boy gonna do this for us? Honestly, where I is your ge- where I... is Divock Origi statue? Seriously, where is it? I genuinely think you can never sell him. I don't I think we can. Genuinely think the man should get a statue. The man should get a statue. Of, of him, and it's him in midair, hitting that header, and or you or you can get you know the. One, I mean, apart from Steven Gerrard, is there a player that has scored more important goals in his Liverpool career? No. I, I mean, you can talk about Salah. He scores so many, and obviously we wouldn't get to these heights without him. But I'm talking about when it comes to big moments. What is Origi's uh, goals and assists per minute? 
I couldn't tell you that, mate. He, <laughs> um, but he must have a really good record because he doesn't start a lot. So it's not it's not like when he starts and he doesn't he doesn't score a lot and his his minutes go down. So if you look right and go, Onegi's ratio of goals per chances or minutes, he's getting about right up there. I'm sure he's got to be right up there because I've always rated Onegi. It's impossible not to rate him. If you don't rate him, you're a fool because you know he's the kind of guy you need last. Last, last seconds of the game because of the things he's done at Everton and you know uh, Barca and everything and all that good stuff it's he's a, he's a machine and people people are saying he's, he's one of those failed youngsters at the World Cup that didn't make it the boy's won everything he's an important player he's done what he's had to do and he, I, I don't think he regret his career at all you know I mean, we need to see these stats these, everyone we're searching these stats people we're committed we need to see I mean, this this website's saying 4.74 goals per 90 minutes, but that's obviously because he's not played too many games and whatnot, so it's a little bit... I don't believe that one at all. Um, but yeah, he's, he's very, very important, um, you know, so fair play to him. Um, obviously, then, then Gerard Villa came to us. That was a big win, 1-0, very cagey, but, but we got the win, which is the most important thing. I also think, see me see, like, like seen uh, in the summer, the summer just there, where some people were trying to bid, like, 15 mil for Origi. I'm going, Liverpool would never sell for 15 yeah. mil. They don't need 15 mil. They, they need Origi more than they need 15 mil. You'd have to put in a serious offer for the to get rid of A Chinese Origi. Super League team would have to... Or Origi would have to show some desire to leave. Which, which I don't think he's going to do. No. Because why would you? Because as why would you, you're not going to get a better club than Liverpool. And you and keep having these moments. And you can, you're going to have an amazing career. He's, got, play, he's playing for a top, top three big, uh, biggest team in the world right now. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. You can't you can't say they're the biggest team right now. There's, well, the other two are Chelsea and City. Yes. You know, well, well, we've been disrespectful to Bayern. Probably a little bit there actually. I take Chelsea out, but Bayern. I'm joking. Top five. <laughs> um, Top five. Anyway, yeah. Let's let's move away from that. And then <clears throat> we beat Newcastle three one. Shelby brilliant goal. Trent's even better. That was a bit of a scary start, wasn't it? And now the one that everyone's looking because I've got a lot to say about this one. A lot to yes, say. Yes, Matt. Yes, I've been he- I've been hearing. Twitter has been screaming at me from Bigby's Twitter. Everyone. Yeah. He's doing a little stretch <sighs> right now. We're about to have I... your first rant of this new. Yeah. This this Christmas Eve episode. Here we go. I mean, I'll try. I'll try. I'll try and stay calm, right? But I don't. No remember. one wants that. We want to hear. I, I hear don't Matt. remember a Liverpool game that I've been still mad about what happened. Are we? Uh, this long after it's happened okay. and whatnot. And don't get me wrong, it's a good four or five days, but I know we can calm down a little bit. I'm still raging about this. As a true football fan, four or five days isn't enough. I'm still raging after a few weeks. I'm because they're huge moments in the game. I mean, let's, let's go through them, right? So I was watching this, uh, you know, coming back, um, you know, watching it um, in a car, um, especially the first part um, and whatnot. Um, and first of all, you see the Harry Kane challenge. It's pretty bad, okay? It's pretty bad. Um, I saw it straight away. I thought it was a red. Yeah. Um, your foot's very high. It's out of control. That's the key point. It is out of control. He's never getting the ball. Not a chance on earth. Um, they don't look at it, and he gets a yellow card, right? So you're raging about that, but you go, all right, you know. Obviously, they are. They look at it, and if they're going to keep that consistency throughout the game, you can live with it. Yeah. You can live with it. Then Spurs score. Spurs were really good in this game. I want to make that very, very clear. I'm not going to stand here and go, Spurs were not good, weren't very lucky and they weren't good. They were good. They created some big chances. Son and Kane killed us. They really did. And at Deli Alley. If Deli Alley was a little bit more 
clinical, they could have put this game away from us in the first half. Because our defensive line just got exposed so many times. Um, it really did. I mean, obviously losing Thiago and Hendo, big blow in midfield, really was. And you have um, Tyler Morton um, in midfield with Ox. Um, Tyler Morton's a great young player. But it was a big ask for him to be thrown into this game and to keep up he that intensity. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. So they take the lead, you know, one nil. Um, we bring it back one one. Jota really in header um, and whatnot. He's, we we said this a million times. I don't need to cut it off, but just as long as Tom Jota. Yeah, he is just. He's been a sensational buy from Wolves, and no one could envisage how good he's become from. You know when we when we bought him, I didn't. I thought it was just a backup, and I I'm really happy when we signed him. I was surprised we'd done that because we don't normally do that. But Klopp always had in his eye. I'm not signing you to be a backup. I'm signing you to push that front three, and he has kind of pushed Bobby Firmino out. And if I'm if I'm honest, he's kind of made Bobby Firmino a little bit of a better player because you've seen he's improved, he's raised his game a little bit um, when he's come yeah, on. That's what you have stuff. to do. As you do, yeah, hundred percent. Can he be comfortable in that position? Hundred percent. Um, but anyway. I can't remember who it was. This was if, Jota, if the foul was before or after the, the equaliser. But anyway, Jota, he gets given the ball. He's about to hit it. Get pushed. Penalty. No, we don't give it. I still can't work out why this is not a penalty. And I can't remember who said this, right? And by God, I hope you do. I, I never do remember because I'll <laughs> hate you for life. Who goes, because the referee thinks that he has stopped because he's anticipating the contact Contact, no, contact, you stop contact. because you have to stop before you shoot. Yes. It winds me up. He's put a blatant hand and completely pushed him over. It's not like he's put a little hand on him and just give him a tiny nudge. No, he's completely pushed him over. They've not even looked at it, which is what winds me up the most. VAR that day were a disgrace. I mentioned the Chelsea Wolves game. Yes. That was a bad decision. Yes. But this, this game, there were so many, and they just were not looking at them. They were not looking at them, and I couldn't understand it at all. And obviously, there's a reason why we're so annoyed now, because eventually he's going to look at one. Anyway, let's not go there. Contact is contact at the end of the day. Yeah, anyway. So it's 1-1. Yeah, we haven't got the penalty. We're absolutely raging, but it's 1-1 and whatnot. Um, second half, you know, it's a very feisty game, this. You know, there's a lot of tension between Liverpool and Spurs because of how many games, crucial games we've had against each other the last couple of years. Obviously, Champions League final was important. Um, the season after that, obviously, both teams were going for the title in, in around Christmas time. Um, Spurs missed all of the chances, and we won that. That creates more, you know, more hostility and whatnot. <clears throat> so Spurs have a lot of hostility to us because they'll go, well, if we had we managed to get beat them that in those games, maybe we would be in Liverpool situation. Liverpool mm. would be where we are. Yeah. <clears throat> so sort of thing. Excuse me, guys. Um, but anyway, yeah, very hostile. Hostile. Um, as it was on the pitch. Um, we take the lead, you know, you could argue we got a bit... I thought we were very lucky to not have this goal ruled out. It does hit Salah's hand, although there's no intention for it to hit his hand. You could say that the header, you know, the hand doesn't actually really affect where the ball goes, to be honest, but, you know, that's an argument for another day. We get lucky because that there's another phase of play that happens after that when Trent puts the ball back into the box. So we get away with that one, you know, fair enough. I would have had no problems if that was ruled out. I, I, I still think maybe we are a little bit lucky there. But anyway, so it goes to 2-1, Spurs, you know, they're, they're annoyed and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then Andy Robertson, who had scored the goal, it's a terrible challenge. I'm not defending Robertson at all. I saw it right away, and I was like, oh, no. But he gives him a yellow card, so I'm thinking to myself, right, the Harry Kane, they didn't look at it. 
I think that that is a very similar severity. Yes. You know, they could do the same type of injury. So, fair enough. When I hear they're looking at it and he's going to go to the monitor, my head's gone. It's completely gone. Because I'm not arguing he probably should be off. But there's got to be some consistency. And surely that ref has seen that at half-time and gone, Kane, that was ridiculous. So go, all right, let's level it here. And I can't send Robbo off as well because we need to keep that consistency going. They haven't done that and they've sent him off. And it has killed the game because what happens later, Spurs get their equaliser, or was it before or after? I, I get so angry, I can't even remember if it was 2-2 already at this point. I can't remember. And it killed the game. It, um, it was not. It was before the 2-2, was it? Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, it killed the game completely. They consist. Because Robertson scored, didn't he? Robertson scored. Yeah, Robertson then he scored. I thought the equalised, and then Robertson done that challenge. I'm um, not too sure, but yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's that's how flustered I've gotten in terms of because I can't remember what happens in the match because it's those three decisions that I. That's what dominate the headlines and my thought process. Double standards is what it is, and it is double standards, and we've mentioned the COVID situation already, right? Yes. So that's Robertson out for three games. Um, we've had our game cancelled Boxing Day, which means he can't play against you guys now, which is even worse, right? I like, I like that, but I don't like it because it's it's I wouldn't like it either. Well, anyway, yeah. so why punish one and not the other? I've said this, there's a lot of people that are going to hate this, right? But I couldn't care less, right? It's facts. I am sick of this England golden boy nonsense. Yes. Because it's very, very true. Yes. Harry Kane is England's captain. He's their golden boy. When was he last sent off, Harry Kane, actually? I'm trying to remember that. Has he ever been sent off? I don't know, but he's definitely had a few times where you can't actually be a red and whatnot. And I clearly believe that there is that sentiment to Harry Kane with the officials, that he's this nice English captain who would not ever mean to. So if he does catch someone high, it's you know he doesn't mean it. Captain America, chisel, draw, jaw. He needs, to, he needs to be the image of what English football should be. Who gives a fuck? But anyway, anyway, right? But there's a bigger problem here because it wasn't just Liverpool Spurs game, as I've mentioned and whatnot. Yes. And I agree with what Jamie Carragher said. Last season, VAR was too active. You know, you got but, but, a tiny touch yes. on an ankle or a little... They looked at it every time it was a penalty. We're getting soft penalties left and right. But now it's worse for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But we've almost gone the other way, as Kara said. And so they are now too scared or don't want to get involved. Get involved. See if we're going to build consistency. Build consistency. Don't keep flip-flopping the different I'm decisions. not saying that every decision you get the ref to go and look at the screen. That's not what I'm saying. But it doesn't seem to me that you're looking at all. And I only know if you're looking, if the commentator tells us. No, I think on the screen, if they're televising it, if they are looking at something, it should come up with VR in review and whatnot. Yes, yes. Or, you know, and, and it, or, you know what, and I understand that that's a bit unfair on people and that even, are actually even, in yes. the grounds and whatnot, but that's always going to be a problem, unfortunately, um, unless you've got a, you know, a, a screen and whatnot. But if you did that, that's a bit dangerous because if players start seeing it, they're going to put pressure on the refs. So I understand that might be a bit grey, to be honest, actually, so I might take that back, to be honest. But yes. It didn't feel to me they were looking, and I don't think they did. Um, and it was just a, a sh- it was so frustrating because obviously Chelsea dropped points, and then City going batter Newcastle, so we couldn't afford to drop points, and yet we have. And it just felt like because of those decisions, that's why we dropped points. Yeah. And whatnot. I people are going to disagree with me in this, and I don't give a fuck. See if see if it was me, I would completely dump VR in the bin. And people, people might complain I the, the, the next season after and go, oh, if we had VER, this would have happened. And then 
wait a year or two and we'll go back to normal because I don't give a fuck about VR anymore. Yes, I honestly don't care. VR is a burden and it's annoying and if they're just going to keep chopping and changing how they're going to use it, why use it? Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a rant, so I might have just spiralled on completely there and mentioned the same thing a couple of times, but it's just really, really annoying because those points could cost us at the end. It really could. And Spurs, yes, they should have won it probably. They created so many chances. And fair play to Spurs and Conte. They did, they did very, very well. And they're looking very good. And obviously they're into the League Cup semi-final against you guys and whatnot. And with oh, Conte, yeah. they've got a big chance of maybe doing something. This, this, is, this is going to be very interesting because this is going to be a battle of systems. Because Conte and Tuchel can share a similar formation, but they have different tactics. So it's going to be a game of wits. What is the date of the Tottenham and Chelsea game? Have they announced dates yet? It's like the it's between the third and the tenth of January. So the week commencing the third and the week commencing the tenth. That's when the semi finals are. I, I need to try to figure out what day it is because I want that shit off. Because I need to I need to see that I need to see this game. I need to see it for myself. And and people because of all this and also Liverpool are facing Arsenal Oh yeah, we, we, we can't finish Liverpool's segment without talking about that game yes. against Leicester, right? Oh yes. Because obviously they oh, does his, um, oh, Pop does his, um, his interview after that, he talks about player welfare and all this sort of stuff and he brings up the league cup and everybody's coming to me going, oh, I'm sick of whinging and all this sort of stuff and I'm like, oh, do you know what? I don't care about you, you clearly are just using it as an agenda to worry about Liverpool. Yes. Um, so anyway, um, and the Leicester game happens and you see the lineups and you think Leicester has to win. That's a, that's a win, unless they've had a week or two, two off to prepare for the game. You know, they've got a, a very strong team out compared to Liverpool's, um, and it's the Leicester win. And it goes according to plan, really, at the start. It's, they go 2 0 pretty quickly. Vardy just dominant completely. You know, that young Comercio, unfortunately, with Joe Gomez, he just couldn't handle it. Um, a couple lads in the midfield um, gave, away a ball, gave the ball away a few times and whatnot. But our senior players really stepped up for us in this game. I mean, it starts with... I mean, Simicast is actually probably the reason we conceded the first one, to be honest, giving the ball away. But he doesn't let that affect him. He does really well on that left-hand side. Puts a lovely cross in. It's a great header back across. Firmino, some composure. I'm shooting for him to shoot. He's ignoring us all. He lays it off. Obviously, Chairman, brilliant strike. 2-1. And I would say in this game, I don't think Leicester ever dominated Liverpool as much as they should have done. I think it was very... We know how good they are on the counter, and that is when they are at their strongest, right? But I think Leicester have got to start dominating games more than they are. Because they just let teams get on to them, which is essentially what happened in this game. We created a few more little moments. The young just got a bit more confident. Yes, Leicester then get the third goal, which should have been enough, to be honest. Madison is a superb strike. He gets a little bit of luck. Mm. Which is a superb strike, Kelleher, no chance. At the cop end as well, mm. ouch. Um, and that should have been enough for Leicester. You know, Leicester, Leicester fans are kind of going, oh, I was a great game, we were a bit unlucky. If I was a Leicester fan, I would be livid that my team, just, just, you know, with that Liverpool team that were on the pitch, couldn't hold off, couldn't keep on to a 3-1 lead. That's, if you go 3-1 yeah. up, you should be able to hold on to that. See if Leicester were the Leicester of last season, they would have done that no problem. Easily. No Probably, yeah. But what happens is in the second half, we bring on Jota, Kanate comes on, and Keita. Three huge substitutions. 
and you, when you need your big players to step up, they've done that because they were complete. The quality just went up another level. It really did. And that's no disrespect to young lads that came off for that. They did very, very well. And it's a very tough game to bring them into and whatnot. And they did, they did do... I think they did really, really well. Yeah, maybe one or two, maybe one or two mistakes. But that's always going to happen um, and whatnot. So, but I think it was the right time to make the changes. Um, Jota um, gets the second goal. It's a nice little layoff of Minamino, I think it was. And in the 95th minute, Milner puts a ball in. The defender misses it, and Minamino chests it. Brilliant moment for him. He's needed that moment in a Liverpool yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah. The league cup has been really big for, for for Minamino this year because he's had a couple of great moments. Obviously, he got that really good goal in the earlier round. I can't remember if it was against though now, which is horrendous. I think it was Norwich, actually. Um, and whatnot. Uh, it's been a big, big for him. And you can see his confidence is coming. It is starting to come. He's been a bit more clinical. He's moving the ball a little bit more quicker. And you're starting to think... Do you know when Salomani go to go away for FCON? He might be able to do a job. He might be able to do a job if he can keep that momentum going, keep the keep thriving that Liverpool shirts. And moments like that are only going to help him. So we bring back to three three. We win five four on penalties. Men, you know, smashes penalty off the bar. Entertaining oh, stuff. Oh my word! I, honestly, I was like, oh man. I, I never, I never watched the game, but then as soon as my Sky Sports app went, it's going to penalties. I went. I need to watch these penalties. So then I watched the penalties and I was like, this is one of the most entertaining things ever. Because I'm sitting going, who's going to win? Who's going to win? Who's going to win? I'm, sl I'm slightly sitting praying that you don't. I'm like, right, come on, come on. And then as soon as, you know, the, the mess, I'm going, oh my God. And then uh, Kellner then saves his. I'm going, oh my Jesus, what is going on here? And then as soon as just one, I was like, Typical Liverpool man, you know, they, they dig in. And I don't think they, there's another club in, in European football that do what we do at the moment. No. At the moment, anyway. Like, against the odds, it's a club you haven't it. got your star players, and they just create these incredible moments. I mean, even if we don't go and win it now, what, what a run in the cup we've had. It's been absolutely terrific. Is it the first time you've advanced in this stage of, the, of this cup? The same thing was in what, four or five years. Yeah, it's been, yeah. Since we lost, I think it was Southampton, which I was actually at as well, which was a bit. I, I think horrible. I think it's it's a tr I think if it does go down to us and yours, you know, it's such it's such a trophy that I want. As a I, it's it's what everyone's expecting to happen. Yes, but we could easily right the exciting everyone knows right the exciting tie is Chelsea Liverpool. Everyone knows it, but if for. Dear God, Tuchel versus Klopp and it Wembley. is Arsenal versus Tottenham. What, what a shambles! I won't watch that game. I'll patch it. Ain't watching it. But if now people, here's a dream: if we get Chelsea versus Liverpool, rugby versus no, good versus evil, cup final. It's written in the stars, boys. It needs to happen. I hope it does. But the pain of you beat is would be just retirement issue retirement. retirement issue I'd have to retire if that happened but you know that's a tie everyone wants to see it's a tie that I want to see I know you want to see it also mm -hmm. and yeah you know we'll, we'll see what happens um, I think, I'm hoping that our, we can get our form into a good grip maybe it's the game that our form comes back it, I'm just hoping the form comes back in any game but Conte versus Tuchel that is that's something that I can't wait for and it's going to be very interesting. Is. Is, Con is, 
is it Conte's first return to Chelsea? Yeah, it yes, will be. It will be. Yeah. Yes. So that's even better. So you know, we'll see what happens there. Abramovich will be sitting in his box, going, he'll be sitting there with plans of how he can destroy this man. Uh, and I'm all here for it. I respect Conte. I love Conte. Still for what he done. Yeah. Don Tuchel boys. I still believe in him. These people that that keep saying Tuchel out, disgusting. Just be ashamed of yourself. Fair enough, guys. We're going to take a break. Um, we need some refreshments. My throat is getting dry. Um, so we will be back very very shortly for the next part of the pod, where we're going to discuss the rest of the teams around um, the top four positions, but also talk about the teams that are around relegation zone that maybe shouldn't be. Yes. Um, we'll be back in a few moments. Hello everyone and welcome back. <laughs> what did you just do then? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. When we stopped, so I was going to go. Do you know what? I'm, we're, we're pressed now. I'm not even going to do that again. <laughs> um, welcome back, guys. We, we're refreshed again. Um, we've calmed down. The atmosphere is mellowing again. Good vibes. It is good vibes. We're done talking about our own clubs now. Let's talk about. Um, all the rest. Um, should we talk about the current league leaders at the moment in Manchester City? I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I mean, they're just absolutely superb, aren't they? They're just dismantling teams. I mean, Leeds United's result. Oh. oh you, you've, even, I'm, I swear, oh. even Leeds' biggest rivals fell for them a little, you, just a tiny bit, because that was just a, that was torture. I know we like to say Leeds like to have six, seven, eight goal thrillers. But not when they're not getting any of the goals, man. Usually usually they like to have a wee a wee a wee four a five three game with the win or lose. But now they're getting pub seven nil man and poor leads, you know. The Bizzler's still shopping in Asda and his team's getting beat seven nil. Poor man. Well, um, well, we'll move. We'll we'll talk about these in more depth in just a little bit. But I do want to give City some some praise because you say Liverpool have had a good month. They've gone one better and they've got five wins out of five with some very nice results. Two one against Villa, three one against Watford. Both those away. One nil against Wolves. Maybe maybe got a bit lucky, but the players have both got lucky they've, penalties they've, that they've, day. They've grinded out the results. But guess what? That's what. That's what you need to do if you want you to be did. That's what you need to do if you want to be a you champion. Did. You do, and they were fair a couple of weeks ago. They're now top, three points clear. They're they're capitalising on, on our poor form, and fair play to them. Uh, I mean, some news that is kind of it's distracted a bit from the football is of course Grealish and Foden, was it? Who went out, um, and then were dropped for the next game um, because of COVID, because because they basically broke COVID protocols and. And went out in the oh, town that's and whatnot. Stupid for Foden because I don't. I can't remember if it was. I'll find out. Foden's. If if that's true, Foden's one of their best young best players. Not a young player, but he's one of their best players. I think that's stupid for him. You know, he's he's been quoted as being one of the best players Pep's ever, you know, trained and you know mentored. So the fact that he's doing that is ridiculous. And I think Foden's a better player than Grealish anyway. But. You know, Grealish. I mean, should we, should we talk a bit about Grealish because let's talk about him because there's been a lot. Of, it's it's first of all, it's not we've we've mentioned many times that it's not an attack on him for the price tag. He's got no control over that, but, but he's just not doing the business. I don't think so. I I don't think so. I mean, he can definitely prove us all wrong, and there's he many times. No, I mean, I, I mean, Jao Cancelo is is an example of that. That if you give him a season, he can thrive after the next one and one. And Cancelo has been. 
City's best player this season. I think with Grealish, right, he, he was playing with Aston Villa all his life, so he didn't really have a marquee system to adapt to. He was always just playing a team that were just trying to survive and just try to get the results. But with City, it's, you need to win every week and you need to dominate teams every week and you've got a high standard. And I think, give Grealish a season and he'll be glued to that system and he'll be on it. I think, I think you know, he's not played for a top team yet. Well, that's the matter with Grealish. Okay, so we've, that's his point. He's, Grealish hasn't played for a top team consistently yet in his career and he's he's not young he's very still he's at he's, he's peak age almost so I think once he gets at it I think next season and then halfway through next season we'll see him prove why he was bought for the price tag not you know trying to I mean, the price tag but in all fairness to him if you talk about on the pitch for example I mean this does not help first of all you know I I don't think he's not had the impact that you expect a £100 million player to make but again the price tag's not his fault um you know, he's at a club now where the scrutiny is on you all the time. I think at Villa, no disrespect, but you can go a couple of weeks without scoring or getting an assist because more than likely not everyone is watching you as closely as when you are playing for a City, a Manchester City and whatnot. So he'll take some time to adapt to that. And in all fairness, at times he's looked all right. But I think when you've seen him out of the team, City have looked a better team and that's a big problem for him. And he needs to sort of push him. He needs to be pushed himself more because he's got to push himself to stay in the team. Because um, Pep Guardiola has shown in the past, even with Sterling this season, he's not going to take prisoners. He's not just going to just keep you in because of your price tag and that you've just been signed. He'll actually yeah. be too much of a winner. It's, it's like if Sterling drops, we'll take Sterling out. And Sterling's one, one of City's best players. You know, any player, any player that drops levels in a Pep Guardiola team. Will get pushed out. We've seen it in the past. You know, Ibra couldn't even survive. Eto couldn't even survive. Pep Guardiola. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't matter if you're a player that's won a Ballon d'Or or you're a player that's top goal scorer in your league or whatever. If you don't consistently sh- uh, be consistent in a Pep system, then he'll find someone else who can be. And you know, if Grealish doesn't show the level, then he can buy in a Foden or a Mares or Bernardo Silva. And Bernardo Silva stepped up. I mean, the thing is, right, is I think as football fans, if a player just works really, really hard, and you can see he's given everything, you can kind of paper over if he's had a bad game, maybe the quality's not there. Work rate's really important. But it's the work rate. And, all right, yeah, you can then go, okay, yeah, he worked really hard, but we need better. Yeah, I can understand that. But you get given more time than when you don't work hard. And I think really it's just because it's not quite clicked for him on the pitch, yeah. he needs to show that, into, he needs to show how much he wants to be at City. And unfortunately, yeah. putting himself in the news like this is not helping. And don't get me wrong, he's doing something that everyone is doing, basically, at the moment and whatnot, you know, going out and stuff. Yes. But when you are being paid, the amount you're being paid, and... It comes on certain responsibility. Unfortunately, yes. And you can argue if you like that or not. But the fact is, he has that. He's also in, he's also in the public eye. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of young kids are going to look up to him. Yeah. And Because we, 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 we looked up to uh, players when we were young as well. Uh, to a degree, you still do. But, you know, these kids are going to go, well, if these professionals, and they're professional footballers, professional, are going out and doing things like this, then you know, why can't we? You know I mean? Just because they get paid all the money doesn't mean they can go and do things we can't do. And that's going to set bad examples. And that's just that's not in him, you know, players at all different clubs down. 
Rangers players, you know, have done it, and you know they they get hammered for that. And rightly so. And you know, it's rules. And you know, we're not we're not gonna sit. Wait, we've got we've got a slight advantage. We're not gonna get pictured going into houses because we're not in that public eye. No. And it's if it's, a, it's also a bad thing for them, but they shouldn't be doing it anyway. But if they get pictured, and it's also the things that's been going on in Parliament. You know, with um, uh, members of Parliament getting pictured. Uh, pictures coming out of people. Yeah, anyone in the public eye that breaks the rules, they get scrutinised more. And unfortunately, just that's just the game. It's deserved it? because you know the rules. The, the, yeah. There's been rules set out. We only to abide by it. I know some of us don't, but we're supposed to. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm. I don't want to start. You know, I'm, we talk City a lot more because they should. There's a few players that deserve huge credit for this season. You've already mentioned Bernardo Silva. Yes. He was looking like he was going to go in the summer. So good. And now he's one of the most important players, especially when Kevin De Bruyne has not been quite on it Pep's, this season. Pep's come out and said that he's just such an. I remember player. when they played us at Anfield this season. I couldn't believe how good Bernardo was. It was unbelievable. He's, he's he ruined incredible. us. He played well against us as well. He's just incredible. He really he is, is, but he, he's worked harder though for me. He works harder off the ball. He kind of reminds me of a, a kind of like a Kante. You know, he might not, Kante doesn't get assists or goals as much, but his work rate is just sensational. And that's why, you know, Kante, he, Kante gets second in Chelsea's uh, player of the year, Mendy get first. Uh, but Kante is, that's why, I, that's why he's my favourite player at Chelsea, because he may not get the goals, he may not get the assists, but he's our best player despite that. And I know a lot of people think your best player is the goal scorer or the yeah. assist maker, and that's and that's just completely wrong in my eyes. But Bernardo Silva showing but that he doesn't need to do that. But unfortunately, it's a team, it's a team there is another Portuguese player that's just a little bit better, and it is Xavi. Jota. <laughs> so it's City. Yeah. If we talk about City, Xavi Silva, amazing. I think it's something that City. It's made City stronger because. They play the best passing football in European football. Nobody matches them. Nobody. No. Because like to Bayern, Liverpool, we play very fast attacking football, always on the front foot, you know, trying to get in behind all the time, all that sort of stuff. City can keep the ball for 50, for 20 minutes if they really wanted to, and they'll create one chance, and more likely they'll score from it mm. and whatnot. But what Jao Cancelo gives them is he kind of gives them a bit of Liverpool or Bayern in terms of they can keep the ball there and he'll just whip in across... And completely, and then you've got someone in the middle, completely beat the whole press, and they score from it. And they've done that a few times. I mean, I can't remember the team was against uh, that he played that unbelievable, you know, outside of the oh, front yeah, one. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember who it was against now, and that's really, really bad. Um, but it was absolutely beautiful. But he has, he is probably, he's probably the best ball back in the Premier League at the moment, and that hurts me to say. Um, I think she, because you've got Chen and you've got Lee James as well, and that sort of stuff, and you're looking at me. Like you don't agree, but but, 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 it's, but it's very very tight. But he's been phenomenal. And City, I just think I'm scared they sign a striker. I'm really scared they sign a striker because that's it done for me. That's it done. You don't even yeah. need to go and get someone, you know, for eighty ninety mil whatever it is. I I yeah, I don't want to go and panic by and go because I don't think we we should. I think Chelsea don't need to panic by. I think. It, if we just had a couple of our, our players back from their loans, we'd be okay. I don't think we need to go out and panic by. Uh, Screw that! I'll panic by Erling Haaland. Oh yeah, he 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 would be a panic buy. He'd just be a buy of the city. But I think if City City don't need panic buy because City can do whatever they want. Yeah. They all know that. Yeah. And if City go out and get a striker, like for instance, 
say he could probably go and get an Alan Hound because obviously Alan Hound's dad played, yeah. played. So you know, I, I know Alan Hound's a, a Leeds fan if you can believe yeah. it. But if they go out and get him, for example, it's done. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, you know, the, the, you know, if, if any team that Hound goes to, they become an instant better team. Yeah, and if City got an Alan Hound, let's all be honest here. They're winning. They're winning the league at the end of the day. If they got him in January, which I don't think they will, but if they did, because people, this is if they did, if they did do that, league's done. It's done. Well, before we move on to uh, another team, um, we should talk about the Champions League draw very, very quickly because yes. it was a shambles and a half, wasn't it? I mean, yes. to make a mess. Up. I mean, I'm raging because we got the best draw in the world, the Salzburg. Um, yeah. You guys then got you got Lille twice, twice, um, and then it, the Roman's prob- money. And then the problem is that United PSG, but then there was a team United could have been drawn with, but they got taken away. We were robbed of a Messi Ronaldo reunion. We were robbed, we were robbed of it, and I think UEFA would. Football fans were buzzing. They were seeing my life because it was a, such a sensational tie to, to be lined up. I would have loved it. I would have loved it. I'd, but, have, I'd have watched that game. I'd have watched United games, but I'd have loved that. But um, obviously the draw had to be redone. City got Sporting. You got Lille because it's. I don't you know have how. To get Lille. I don't know how, but yeah. We got Inter Milan, which again you expect Liverpool to, to go and win, particularly when how, how easily we made the AC Milan, how bad we, we made AC Milan look, and they're pretty similar in terms of in the league. So I would say you're a fav- you're a favourites for the Champions League right right now. You're a favourites just because of your form in the group, and you. It's just and it's, also how we've done in recent years in it. Yeah. Yes. I, st- I, I mean, I'm quietly thinking that as well, but again, it depends on factors, who gets through, who you get in the draw, you know, it, yeah. referee decisions, all this sort of stuff. You I know, mean, And also, I think I think people aren't going to say this, but I think they need to have a little think to themselves. A team that I think have played, have played better this season than they have in the last couple of years, Real Madrid, since An- Ancelotti came back to Real, they've been, just been playing so well, they've been, they've been getting the results. They made tough work of their group, though. They did, but you've got a, a player that I've just been uh, that I've so much respect for over his whole career is Benzema. He he's he's a guy that I'm going. If Real keep if Real keep grinding out these results in the Champions League, who knows Benzema could could, could get yeah. in the Champions League? Yeah, and that could cement his legacy at Real. So their team. I mean, there's just there's something special about playing Real Madrid in a Champions League game. No matter what round you play them in, it's something special about it. We've been very fortunate to play them twice in a final. Won the first one, second one, let's not talk about. Oh no, bad um, one. Um, so there's something very, very special. Um, and I agree with you. I think if Real can get the right draws, um, who, who, they got PSG though, which is going to be a very tough, tough ask. But PSG are very vulnerable. They, you can get at them. They're very good attacking wise. You do feel you can always score against PSG for me though, which if, is weird because they've got some defenders as well. They put they put all the eggs in their basket for their attack though, and see if their attack doesn't do well, you know you, you, you can you can get them. Like see for instance, right? If you if, if see Bayern are playing PSG, Bayern all the way. Doesn't doesn't matter what attack they have. Yeah, I, you would. Yeah, I agree with you on that. PSG have the have a great attack. Amazing attack on paper, but right now they're not really, yeah, really scare me that much. But you know, if Bayern came along, I'd be like shit. Like Bayern are just next level. Yeah. They, they might sometimes in the odd game drop, but when Lewandowski's on it, yeah, he's like Ellen, he's better than Alan Town, obviously. Yeah. Right now. 
and you know we're saying about defending Haaland, he goes to a team they'll make things really better. Lewandowski should have won the Ballon d'Or. He's the best player in the world, I think, right now, best striker. And bro, well, not best player, but he's the best striker. And oh boy, you know if 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 he was playing a different story. But the draw in itself, the fact that we get uh, Leo twice is just laughable. Um, I'm happy. United got Atletico. That's going to be an interesting one. Because Atletico are all... I hate Atletico Madrid, by Scumbags. I really, really we hate We all know them. why. They are scumbags, and they were very, very lucky have, in have that last game in the group. This? Have we actually discussed We haven't, this? and I had said to you we were going after to... this game, I said, I'm going to tear them apart. Would you like to? Oh, I don't think I've got the energy to tear another team apart at the very, very moment. Well, we did have a rant the first, the, the first part of this. They're a horrible team. They're a horrible bunch scumbags. of players. They are scumbags. Porto was so unfortunate. They're, I think they're Porto dogs. Deserved, Porto they're dogs. Des- Porto deserved to, to go through. They're I'm, junkyard dogs. That's what they are. Yeah. Um, I, do you know what? I'm not going to waste my energy with them. They're, just, they're very, very scumbags. And do you know what? You kind of want United to beat them because I hate them that much. You kind of want United to go and beat them. And, and everyone, I'm looking at this man right now, and he is very sincere. And this man hates United. I'm very, very serious. I want United to beat up Atletico Madrid. I can't I have never, him. I've never heard this man want United to win a game. And that's when you know it's bad. Because if you've got him wanting United to beat Atletico, you know something's wrong. Yeah. And Atletico, I had a lot of respect for you in the past. I did. I really did. But, scumbags. <laughs> Indeed. Should we go back? Should we, should we, should we take it back to the Prem a little bit? Yes. Now? Should we go back to the Prem? Because I think we should go Arsenal next. Sure, let's do it. Um, they've stuck with Arteta. You know, they're in, they're in the top four at the moment. Top four, yes. They've had some pretty good results again. Um, Emil Smith-Rowe. Emil Smith-Rowe. Martinelli. Martinelli, yeah. I've always been a big fan of Martinelli. I've said this in so many podcasts. You have, you, you have said that. I've said that, and now my dreams are coming true. Do you know the thing that impressed me most about Arsenal, right, is that when Liverpool beat them, as they did, we thought, okay, this is going to knock them for sixes. Um, but now they've went, right, that was a kick in the face. Yeah. Let's get up and let's show. And I'll say this, Emil Smith-Rowe is, if he doesn't win young player of... The year. See if he, see his form continues to the end of the season. Yeah. If he doesn't win Young Player of the Year, I'll be like, I'll be raging. Um, because well, we know these James could stop that. But he he's 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 kind of he's, he could have won that last year. But, year any, well. but anyway, let's 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 now get into that. Ever it. since that Liverpool result, they've won their last five Premier League games, and that includes two 0 against Newcastle at great, home. Great result. Um, I'm sorry, they didn't win all five. They did lose to United. That was another step in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um. I'm afraid. I thought they. I, I read that completely wrong. I forgot what they lost to United, um, but they picked themselves up, um, and they've had a couple of wins recently. They did lose to Everton as well. In fact, what I was going to say was they th- those two fixtures there, the Everton loss and the United loss. That's when you thought, all right, so they've passed their banter, you know, sort of things. They bottled it when it really, really matters. But then they beat Southampton three 0 and then the, I thought, you know what, I, in my head, I, I knew they had. They'd beaten West Ham 2-0. Now, we've both lost to them. They've even beaten City. West Ham are everyone's bogey team. Yeah, they take they, they come to the Emirates and Arsenal just take them on and they dominated them. Yeah. And they win. And then obviously they won the Leeds 4-1. So, I think what we could say about Arsenal so far 
is that they have beaten, won the games they should have won. Improved. Apart from Everton, that yeah. was a, that was a bad one. They should have won that. But anyway, you know we you know we, we, we go we, we, we go away from that. They're making strides and they're not going into their shell as much as they were. The Aubameyang situation is a disgrace. Yes. He is a disgrace for a man. We we mentioned that in the last part, actually, I do remember, that is Aubameyang the right man for, for Arsenal? Should he still be the captain? Um, he shouldn't still be the captain. Well, he isn't the captain anymore. He should, yeah, but he should still... He, should, he shouldn't leave the club. I think that's a bit of an over-exaggeration. I don't. But Aubameyang has been known to be difficult in the past. He has. Especially Dortmund. Especially Dortmund. And Dortmund's my boys, so you know I, I was always following that situation. And that, and I, I love Aubameyang as a player, like the way he is. But as a person, I think he's just a he's a child in a man's body. And I think if we're talking about professionalism again, I don't think he's professional. And as a captain, you need to be the most professional of them all. You need to be a, a person to look up to, and especially yeah. at a big club like Arsenal, uh, you need to have that. You know, like players like Vieira who carried that mantle, Henri, for example. You need to be professional, and he's not been so stripped of the captaincy. But if you're doing that, you don't go and give it to like Jacques. What do you think of this um, rumor that they're gonna have like a group captain sort of thing, where it's three or four and they swap it every game sort of thing? I think if that's a load of nonsense, isn't it? It's a lot of nonsense, but I think if you've got in the right core group, then it could work. Think, There's nothing wrong about having a leadership group because I think Liverpool we have that. I think um, yes. See if they see if they just. In fact, no. Wouldn't it be better if you got your captain, but you got three or four vice yes. captains? Yeah. And you go. These players are vice captains, but see if this guy's out, they can be captain. Yeah. Like that's better. Don't just go right. Um, Saka's captain for game five. This guy's captain for for game three. That's a bit stupid because there's no consistency and there's no, you know. You, you can't just make five leaders by giving them the arms band. Has, um, has Ramsdale not been there long enough to get the captain for me? No. Because he, I don't know, I, he's been, he's I, been, I, I see it. I, I can see it. He speaks so well. He's so vocal yes. on the pitch. The players respect him. Okay, I know he's not been there for long. And also, he, he can control the defence from in front of him, and it would make sense. But if you look at terms of characters that us probably need, they need someone who will tell someone this shit. Yeah, I think, I also I think. I think Ramsdale that, could be that man. Yeah, I think, great. That's probably the perfect time for, for a guy like Ramsdale to get it. Because who who can get it? They've tried with everyone else and they've not proven themselves yeah. to be worthy enough. So why not give it to him? Because you've gave it to Xhaka. Mm-hmm. Bad. You, you give it to Aubameyang. You done well at the start and now it's not working out. Yeah. Who else do you give it to? Do you give it to Ben White? No. Good. You, 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 no. You, you can make him in one of the vice... Possibly. You Possibly, can, yeah. You can put him in the, in the core vice group. Yeah. yeah. But for someone... To be given the captaincy, you can't give it to certain players because they might be rotated. But you need to give it to a certified starter. Yeah. And right now, Ramsdale is one of those certified starters, so you could give it to him. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Fair enough. But now they're doing good. Obviously, they're in the semi-final. Um, they're going to be playing us, um, which I am delighted about. But they could do something. Honest, they are a good team. They had some good moments at Anfield before we we took over. So they'll be in. That'll be interesting, and if they can keep their young players fit and keep them motivated and, and keep them improving, they could be a, a, a good wee team, Arsenal. With them now building with their young players is exactly what they were doing, and it was just, they were just building, and it's exactly yeah. what I was also hoping was going to work, because big fan of Martinelli. I quite like watching Arsenal at the moment. I like their core, their young core. Yeah. I think it's something that we're going to look at and go, 
it's not, we're not going to go a golden generation nonsense. No, 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 no. It's it's what they should be doing because they they are they're a big team and they've got money, but they've not got enough money to go out and buy player upon player upon player. They need to build on these players and build their core. In Smith-Rowe, for example, that they want to try and create more of him and try... Well, even Eddie and Ketia, because he gets a hat-trick. Okay, yes, it's against Sunderland, but it's a very nice hat-trick, you know? Could he force himself in there? Possibly. There was, there was rumours of him leaving. There was as well, so, you know, maybe this is the right time to integrate him into the team and maybe keep hold of him, because you don't want to be losing young players, particularly when... Your rivals are going to be poaching around for that sort of thing. I mean, and, you know, you've got you've got players like Martinelli who I would be poaching if I was any man. Yeah. Smith Rowe, people would chop in a bit for him, like a City, for example. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's 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 a, there's a good few players in there. You look at Tierney's another one. Wait a second, Tier. If see if Tierney could stay could stay fit, I'd get out to Tierney. He's he's been a captain before. He has been a captain before. Um, I just think he's not on the pitch enough. Yeah, and he, you know his fitness is also yeah. a thing. You know, but but see if Tierney hypothetical. If Tierney was fit and if Tierney was playing every game, I get out to Tierney. Fair enough. Um, I think that's an, uh, enough talking about Arsenal. Um, shall we move over to United? Oh dear. Yeah, I'd say that as a sigh. Um, obviously things have slightly improved since. Um, Ollie left, which is no surprise to be honest with We've you. We've been saying this for years. Well, I think we haven't been doing this pod for years. No, we've been saying it for years <laughs> in general, but we've been saying it since the start of this pod. Uh, yeah. Every episode. Yeah. Every episode we've been saying it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that top four fight is going to go down to Spurs, United, and Arsenal for me. Um, West Ham, sorry, and West Ham, for those four teams. Chelsea will get themselves out of this rut and they'll go back up to the top. I hope so. Praying. They will. All fingers are crossed right now. All of them. They will, they will indeed. But they've had some good results United since, um, obviously, thing you left. They've got the draw against you guys. Yeah. Beat Arsenal. Beat Palace. Beat Norwich. Palace Norwich, you expect them to win. Um, But, you know, it's important to get those wins anyway. They haven't played since because of COVID issues like with other teams and stuff, to be fair. So they're going to be very, very fresh when they do return. Um, Which is bad. To <laughs> Which is bad. It's bad, yeah. Um, but they're sitting sick for the moment. Um, they've got two games in hand over Arsenal. If, if they were to win both those games, they would go ahead of the Gunners. Um, and Spurs, who have got three games in hand, obviously they, they could overtake all of them. And, what, and that's how close things are at the moment. And that's what we like to see, people. We like to see competition on all fronts. Indeed, I still cannot believe United are where they are. And I'm still flabbergasted with that squad, that where they are at the moment. But Ralph Ragnar, um, that is his name, isn't it? Ralph Ragnar. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I thought so. But in Break, my head, Ralph. I was like, Break it, Ralph. My head was like, mm, am I saying that wrong or something like that? You know, he's come in, he's done a decent job. He's, um, I think uh, the first game he was in charge of, I think they showed how much more of a structure they have. Um, under him and whatnot, they haven't played too many games with him so far. Um, obviously, United are not even in the league cups; so they've not even played that. Um, so time will still tell with him and United. You can't stop United too much because there's not a lot to say. They've got some games in hand. They've not played for a little while. They've had some good one 0 wins here and there. Obviously, they've they've, they've got that to come in the Champions League and whatnot. Um, but the, I still believe that they're going to be the fourth team to finish in the top four. Mm. I just look at their squad and I just think that they'll be able to cope with injuries a little bit better. I think there'll be a bit more of a solid structure under this uh, Ralph Ragnick. 
Um, I think Arsenal still can go on that two or three game streak where they'll, they'll drop some points yeah. and, and that could be the difference. I think West Ham are going to drop off for me. I, I don't know. I just I can see it happening, which will be a shame because they probably deserve it in terms of if, if the season was to stop now, they would be worthy finishers in, in that fourth place and whatnot. But I think they are going to drop off, particularly when if they're going to be in the Europa League and they're going to be in the latter stages of that competition, which I think they're going to be. Yeah. Um, I still would say United is my favourite to finish fourth. Um, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, well, right now the way Arsenal are playing, I can't believe I'm going to say it, people, but right now the way Arsenal are playing, I, I'd like them to kind of get out of fourth spot. Uh, I'd like West Ham to also uh, get it. Um, but if United get it, you know, I'd be like, well, they should be, they should be getting Champions League football with, with that squad and Ronaldo and everything. Yeah. They should be getting it. Uh, I don't really have a favourite if we get it because I don't really like any of them, really. So. Oh, I'd be worried if you It's did. a battle of the teams that I hate. Indeed. And you have to throw Spurs into that as well. I mean, under Conte, they look very, very good. As we we all knew, United still, I mean. And also, <sighs> if, Con, if Conte, right. I still can't believe United didn't him into the manager. I, I, I still I can't believe I was, they let Conte I, go to I was saying they should have made him. And don't get me wrong, Ralph Ragnar, he's done a decent start. But, but, but he's leaving at the end of the season. Ra- Ralph's Ralph's more well, of even a, the manager job, more of a director. Yeah. Of you know he's been a manager obviously, but he's more of a guy that can help you get the club in a better position. Yeah. But not being the pressure of the manager. Yeah. And he wants a he wants a he he wanted he was also offered a Chelsea job but then he, he was only offered a four-month contract and then he went, nah, I want to be, be able to stay at the club and yeah. progress. And he was one he was on that also got Tuchel into coaching, believe it or not. Yeah, I remember, yeah. He yeah he's, he's had some sort of impact on all of them, hasn't he? Even Klopp, there was a little thing or something. Yes. I can't remember what yes. it was. He, he, he has a history with Leipzig and all that. And, and Mainz and stuff, yeah. And yeah, and, and also that's where Tuchel and I think it was Mainz. Klopp came that's along because Klopp was also Mainz, was he not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then, then Tuchel yeah. was... Kind of. yep. so, yeah, he's he is the godfather of the the new German football, as yeah. I would say. What did you make of Spurs being thrown out of the Conference League because they couldn't play their last game because of COVID issues? Disgraceful. In what way? I think every team should be able to do their talking on the pitch. If you don't get the chance to win or lose your games on the pitch, I think that's wrong. I think that's the way football should be played. I know COVID is, is different and it sways our opinions, but I, I think every team should be able to fight for their right on the pitch. I mean, Spurs should never be in the situation of that's not them out. They should have been well cleared. They should have been going out. Oh, it doesn't matter. We lost the game because we're through anyway. That's the, the, well, that's not what was the case. Um, I am with you on that. I also understand why they've been thrown out because yes. when do you play that game? All the other games have been played. The draws have been made. Yeah, it's like going. It's it's like being right behind and it's, yeah, it's with reason and it's also. And then of course, Spurs have still got to catch up the rest of their Premier League games. So where do you fit in? You've also got to fit in with Ren as well. Um, is it, it who, no? Who was it? That, who, who was it that went to play? It was Ren, wasn't it? I don't know. It's a covers. I don't follow that nonsense. <laughs> well, which as I speak, I'll I'll look it up, guys, just yeah, to make I sure. I think it is Ren. I think it is. I think I'm right when I said that. I thought I was right. Reds are beating anyway. But I think, I think it is Reds. Yeah. But as a football fan, I, I would rather the, the, the winner lose in the pitch. But from a logical sense, when is a game you really played. I agree with you totally on that. But as a football fan, I'd rather 
Do you know what? That is the third time on this pod that I've questioned myself, and I'm right. Oh, I'm, I'm, I am right. It was Ren. Stop doing that. Yeah, it is Ren. It is Ren. They were given the you know when. We are smart people. I am smart people. I just don't have the confidence ever to, to go through. But anyway, anyway, we're, we're going off. We're going off track with that. And listen, I feel I feel for spares. Um, obviously talking to our good friend Gore, who was on the pod earlier on in the season. Um, yes. he's a little bit like. And, you know, it's embarrassing, but you know what? We don't need that competition, you know, because we are seem to be in a position with Conte now that we might be able to push that top four position. I think they just, they don't have the, I don't think they have the right to say these kind of things because they don't win trophies. So, you know, they should be taking, they should be raging. That's a, that's the opportunity to win a trophy. I think they're not the raging. Cup means but, I nothing. Think, but I think they're not raging because I think they do understand the decision as well. Yeah. I don't think there's an outcry because it, there's no other decision to be made here you, 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 you can't play the game in say February I, to- I totally agree but and then have the knockout say just start a week after you know what I mean it doesn't work like that you need more notice than that but when do you, you put that game in especially if Spurs went to the League Cup final for example as well I totally agree but what I'm saying is, is they shouldn't go this cup is this I think they should be grateful to be in any competition because they don't win trophies. I don't think it's... I, maybe I've read that wrong. I don't think he's... I don't think there's a sense of, ah, oh, we don't care about it. It's more like, I don't want to fight this because I don't see the decision how we're going to... Overturn. And also, the bigger things to also worry about as well. Yeah, and exactly. They all, and also, I'd, I'd rather win the English Cup. Well, you would rather be in the top four. Yeah, I'd rather be in the top four win the English Cup than win the Conference League. Because mm. no one cares about the Conference League. I don't even know what the trophy looks like. That's how bad it is. I don't know either. I don't know. Is, is anyone ever won it? Is this the first season of it? This is the first season, yeah. Dear God, that's how bad this, this conference league is. Sounds good in that as well. Sounds good in that now as well, aren't they? In that conference league. And you guys. Rangers are in it as well, aren't they? No, I won the real quick still. Are you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you are. Well done. Well done, Yeah! <laughs> that's the levels! <laughs> that's the levels of where we're at, people. It is indeed. Um, Van Broncos. It is indeed. Um, shall we. So we've talked a lot about the top teams. Relegated teams now. Shall we go towards the bottom? Yes. Put that in the back now. Um, let's talk about Leeds because we've, we've mentioned them a few times. I've gone that I wanted to talk a little bit about them and whatnot. Um, Leeds are not somebody that I had pictured myself thinking they were going to be in a relegation battle. No. I thought they would be pushing towards Europa League spots a bit like what Wolves did. Um, and Sheffield United, but obviously in the season after, you know, they went a bit disaster and whatnot. Obviously, they've been hit with big injuries. With Finney's been out for a few games. They've lost um, Bamford quite a few times this season, which has hurt them. But what's concerning me is how many goals that team is shedding now. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad. I mean, anyone get battered seven 0 City? I mean, but they've always been a team that's very open. They've always been a team that you know will go for it. They're not a team that's going to sit back and try to grind out points and see right now they need to start they doing that they need to start doing that they need to start adapting because you know if they keep continuing just throwing themselves at these teams and then they're getting battered and they you know it could be a concern going towards the last few games of the season and you don't want that yeah. because at the, there's teams in the, in the bottom the bottom three that I'm going they have to be relegated and Leeds I don't think should be one of those teams but see if they until the end of the season don't change they'll be going I mean, in all fairness, they've had some tough games in the last three. There was the Arsenal, yeah. City, Chelsea, we've already mentioned. Drew 2-2 with Brentford, which I think was a... 
decent point for them, you could say, but if the, but in the situation they're in, they probably needed to win that. that those, those are the games they should be winning. If they're, if they're going to the top teams you can beat, then if you're going to the teams lower than the table, you have to get those points in. And three points, not one point, three points. I mean, I've heard that, you know, unfortunately, when teams are in this position, the manager starts getting questioned and whatnot. They should never sack him. Never. You see, I understand what he's done for them, and he has big done a lot of stuff for them, and he's a top, top coach. But is there a point sometimes where the club just needs a bit of refreshment? No matter how good that person is, they just need that refreshment. Are we at a stage where they might need that? I'm very on the fence with this question, yeah, have to because do I don't know which end I am particularly on, because I, I do respect what Bielsa's done. I think if they did it, they'd have to do it at the end of the season. I think they'd have to give him it to the end. They, they can't just replace him mid-season, because that'd be a disaster. I think you'd have to give him till the end of the season. And, and if what happens, happens, he can go. And then they can pass the reins on to somebody. I think it should even be the fact that if he was to go, <laughs> he would even choose he would even advise his successor and try to find someone that he thinks would be suited. But when you talk about how much money you lose when you go down to the championship, can Leeds afford to do that? There are only five points um, from the drop zone. They're 16th at the moment. Burnley have got a reputation of getting out when they look like they're gone. Um, Watford have got a couple of games in hand. Both Burnley and Watford have got a couple of games in hand over Leeds. So they were to win a couple of those. They, Leeds are in the bottom three. Um, you know, can Leeds really afford to do what you've just said and keep us at the end of the season? If they go down, they go down. Can they afford to do that these days? No. I mean, none of the teams at the bottom can afford to make it's, mistakes. It's a brutal business, football. It's brutal. And unfortunately, sometimes when things just aren't going right, you've got to put sentiment aside and maybe change. Listen, Bielsa's got the ability to turn it around, of course. And if they can make a couple of signs in January, that would help as well. He has to. But they've got to be very careful how long, that, how how much further they drop, um, in terms of when they're going to make a change. And of course, lead, you know, it's a bit like, you know, last season when people were saying Klopp should be questioned and whatnot. And I'm going, no, don't dare! Look what he's done and whatnot. But at the end of the day, Liverpool weren't going to get relegated in that regard. Yeah. So you know, I'm, I could afford to say that. With Leeds, it's a bit different and whatnot. Um, I'd be very interested to see... And my good friend, uh, Rai, um, who I don't know if he listens to this, or if anyone who's listens to this knows him, get ask him this question for me. If he... You know, and see what see what he says. I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to bait anybody here, any Leeds fans here, but I think it's a genuinely difficult question that there's no right or wrong answer. And I am literally right in the middle of the fence here. I have no idea which, which end I am on at all. But they've got to be very, very careful. I think it's a fact. Yeah. Um, another team in that bottom is still Newcastle, showing a couple of signs, but they are pretty far down at the moment. I mean, Liverpool won, they started really well, Shelby really in goal, superb, um, but they just can't get points on the board at the moment. I think it's not looking good for them, uh, and I'm quite disappointed because I don't want them to go down, but at the same time, I think, I think they will go down. I, I just I just don't see but they're going to have money in January and they will spend it I think they are going to spend but it, it would, they would need to when we discuss this also with the whole takeover discussion we had when the, the takeover happened they need to buy right if they if they go I mean they, they can afford to waste money obviously but I mean what would you what, what would you say is the priority for Newcastle in terms of 
if you had to go back, we can we need a bit of everything, but we can only have one or two. A couple of defenders and a playmaker. A playmaker. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to be careful of that because of how they play. They they play that four five back sometimes. So yeah, in midfield you've got yeah. to be a bit more solid. But if they get if they get a solid, let's see right. See if you sort of get a player in every position. Maybe you get a solid defender, solid holding midfielder, a playmaker. And potentially get yourself a decent striker that can get you some goals towards the end of the season because they do need goals. If they get like four signings and they get four decent signings, then you know they could kick on, and they they, they have to this way. And also maybe not striker because I think how could get the best out of Callum Wilson, but you need to spend in January because if you go down to the Championship, it'll derail what you want to do mm-hmm. with your rebuild of the club. And I've said this many times, I love and respect Newcastle. So I've got some uh, roots in Newcastle. And I just would be really disappointed. And you could tell disappointed in my face when I said they could get relegated mm-hmm. because I don't want that to happen. But you need to spend. If they, if they get a really good, really good solid centre-back, solid holding midfielder, and get a, a decent playmaker... And maybe a goal scorer, and if you try and get one of your strikers to get on the goals, because a playmaker can give them the opportunities, yeah. then get just get out of the just get out of that rut, and then next season if you're still in the league, go out and get a couple more signings, and then kick on and start the rebuild properly. Fair enough. Right, Mel. Unfortunately, we're not going to talk about every team because we'll be here till your shift starts. Yes, I've got. Don't wee, me. I have a wee game for us to play. Oh dear God. I have the Premier League table in my hand, as it is right now on December the 24th. And I'm going to ask you if they are overachieving, underachieving, or it's about right. Okay. Okay? Do you get the game? Do you understand it? Here we go. So we'll start bottom and we'll go to the top. Right. Is that fair? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So we start off with Norwich City, who are bottom of the table. They should be there. They should be there, no no question. No question, for they should be there. No, they're not apparently quality. <laughs> Poor knowledge, but you're probably right. Better get more risk for the rest of mine. Um, Newcastle United, 19. Right now they should be because I've not been sure of the performances, but there is there is things there where they shouldn't be there, but they are. But right now they should be there. Okay. Burnley, 18th on 11 points. They're underachieving. Yeah, I think Burnley are a certified Premier League team. They should be a few positions higher. I mean, they, they do have uh, two, three games in hand as well, so yeah. it's a bit of a misleading to say, but I do understand that, guys. I will try and make them aware that um, they probably will be a bit higher if they had played those games. I think would have took a few more points. Yeah. Um, anyway, Watford, 17th. I think they're overachieving by a position. I had them to be relegated. Uh, I think... They're still not good enough. Again, a game or two in hand, yeah. they've got above the two. I think they are. Over, I think they should be in the relegation zone, and they're lucky to be out of it. Fair enough. Leeds sixteenth. We've just spoken about them in depth. Start. Start. Um, their recent results are starting to show that they're dropping, but they should be higher. Should be higher. So they're underachieving. Underachieving, yes. Fifteenth is Southampton. I think they're. I think Southampton are where they should be. I think, I'd agree with that. I think that's their level right now. Everton fourteenth. There should be a couple. Of, there should be a couple of positions higher. I think, but the way they're playing right now, I think that's fair to do right. where they are right now. Okay, Brighton Hove Albion thirteenth. 
the way they started this season, we, we were going, oh, they're doing really well, but they've kind of dropped off. So I'm saying if we're going by the start of the season and how we're thinking about it, I think they, they could be a few positions. I think they could, they should be where Aston Villa are. But, okay. but Aston Villa and Crystal Palace have done the business. So, yeah, yeah I, think, I think they could be a p- couple of positions higher. Yeah, you got to be careful they don't drop too far so down. So underachieving. Um, Brentford. I think that I think it's fair. They they could be there or maybe a position lower. Okay, I think that's fair to say. And Brentford were twelve, by the way, guys. Uh, Crystal Palace eleventh. Vieira's uh, done a decent job. Had a difficult start, but eleven and two hundred. They're great teams. So eleven and two hundred tenth. I think they're doing really well. So it's fair to say, this is their level right now. But they can kick on next season. Okay, Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa are tenth. He's had a decent start since he took the job. Yeah, they had a bad start of the season. They had a good second part with Gerard. I think they're at a fair position. I'd say they're fair. Where they can kick on next season and go higher. Okay, this is when things start to get a bit more tricky, in my opinion. Leicester, ninth. Leicester are fairly inconsistent. They do have a game or two in hand over the team above them, just about. I think Leicester are underachieving. I think Leicester, you know, from last season when they were battling for fourth and they got unlucky, I think they should be. At least six. So I think they're underachieving. Yeah, they need to really shore up defensively, as we've already said. Yeah. Wolves eighth. I think that's fair where they are. I think they've done really well. They are again a tricky start. They didn't look very good, and he's just started. They just started to show their their, their metal a little yeah. bit. Um, I think with the other teams that are in front of them, I think it's fair to see where they are. Okay. Now Tottenham are seventh. But bear in mind, they have a game ahead of United, but the rest of the team's got about two or three games in hand over. So. If Tottenham finish sixth or fifth, then that's their level. But they are underachieving right now. They shouldn't be where they are. But, you know, they should be in sixth or fifth, in my opinion. Harry Kane scoring at the moment as well is going to help them massively yeah. as well. Manchester United, sixth. They've got a game in hand over West Ham and two games in hand over Arsenal. Due to the fact of the, 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 the of all you know that nonsense, you know they are stunned rebuild. But we did say fourth, didn't we? Yeah, they're United. slightly underachieving. So th- they are underachieving, yes. West Ham United fifth. That's where they should be. No doubt about that, whatsoever. Arsenal fourth. Uh, due, due to our predictions, we said they're overachieving, but they deserve to be where they are. Right they now. do deserve to be where they are. Yeah, but yes, that. they are overachieving. Now. Chelsea third. Right now, we six are points behind City, three points behind us. Underachieving. We should we we should be on the. Are you are you saying that on terms of the points rather than where they are in the league? The points, the points. They sh- they should be a couple of points behind the leaders in battling, but they're not. But it could change. But yes, underachieving. Liverpool second, three points behind City. I think they're where they should be. But they, sh- they they're, they're doing the Chelsea. They should be doing. They're they're on the legs. They're, they're on the heels of the ch- of the uh, leaders. So they are where they definitely should be. Yeah. And City first. City are where you expect them to be. So City are where they should be. I think the top three is a bit unfair because they are actually doing really really yeah, well. To be it's, honest, it's, it's the bat. I think the battle of the front three is kind of what it should be. Mm-hmm. Like what one team's ahead, one team's three points, one team's six points. It could change. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. think that's fair. Fair enough, and that is the table. That is the table, people. I thought that was reasonable. I thought that was alright. It was indeed. Um, Mella, we're running out of time, I think, mate. Oh no! I know. Um, it's been a, a quality first season of pods with yourself here on the Good Best Evil podcast. Um, if yeah. I was to ask you, 
a wee highlight in terms of something that happened in a pod or you know what what would you say as as being your favorite time while doing this pod in terms of what happened and a reaction i guess mm. i mean my favorite was talking about all the Liverpool united Oh, which is a beautiful moment for me. I loved it. <laughs> I think it was an enjoyable moment because we were both just tearing into them, mm-hmm. and there was a bit of a unity. The fans got to see a bit of unity, by the, by the both of us just tearing into that man and tearing into United, and it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, uh, I would say when Arsenal were doing really bad, <laughs> and I was coming, but also a highlight, a reverse highlight. Was when I I I had to apologise to Arsenal and I had to uh, speak out. I had to do it like three times because of connection issues. But I had to speak out on praise of Arsenal. That was that was a highlight of the pod also. Very much indeed. That's 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 very very good choices. It's um, honest. It is indeed. Yep, yeah, guys, that is going to be the end of season one of our podcast series. Um, we do apologize again, it's been a couple of weeks, uh, well, three or four weeks, I think it actually was, since we, we did do one, but we kind of suspected December was going to be very, very busy. Um, but we wanted to get back and do one final one before the year ended. It is going to be a couple of weeks after this one till we, we reunite again, I think. Yes. Um, but that's when season two is going to start. So let us know what you want to see in season two. Do you think we should be focusing more on other teams? Um, should we do another segments? You know, do do let us know. We, we love feedback and stuff like that. And anything that, that you want to see, we'll always try and, and make it happen. Um, but I think the only thing that's left to say is have a Merry Christmas, everyone. And a Happy a, New Year. Happy New Year, indeed. Mella, all the best, mate. Thank oh, yes. you for joining us. Oh, yes, as always. In the lab, greetings. Indeed, in the lab. Um, and we will see you all in 2022. Take care, guys. See you later, boys. And girls. <laughs> Thank you.